and minister to us tonight. God bless you. Let's give a wonderful hand of a praise to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Almighty God. Hallelujah. We acknowledge your presence. We welcome you into this place, Lord Jesus. Apart from you, we can do nothing. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful occasion to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Tonight. Because you never know which night is going to be that night that Jesus would come back. You know, I would not want to be sitting in an easy chair watching a football game when there's church service and the rapture takes place. I want to be in the right place at the right time with the right spirit and the right attitude. Because brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. Jesus is coming. And his return is sooner than we think. And all over the world, people are busy about going here and going there and doing this. And everything is so important. But the greatest priority of all is looking toward him. Amen. The greatest need in this hour is the need of salvation. That's the greatest need. You need to be saved more than you need money. Mm -hmm. You need to be saved, sister, more than you need a boyfriend. Hello. You need to be saved more than anything else in this world. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? Your soul. And that's, and that's what the business is of the church, is getting our souls ready for the coming of the Lord. So glad you're here. Jesus knew you'd be here. And he has a word for you tonight. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Praise God. I'm going to be um, reading from the book of Acts, one of my favorite books in the Bible. And the 16th chapter. And pastor, thank you again for the wonderful opportunity to be here. Amen. With the greatest folks on the planet. God's people. If you are able to stand, we'd like for you to stand with us in honor to God's holy word as we open our hearts, our spirits to receive. Um, after service tonight, we're going to have a table set up in the back uh, with a display of my book. I wrote a book this year. Amen. It came out in January of last year, and I'm still excited about it. And the name of the book is You Don't Have to Wait Till Spring to Have a Easter revival, glory, hallelujah. <laughs> and um, uh, meet me at the back after service. You might want to take a look at it and maybe get one for yourself or somebody you love. Amen. Acts chapter 16, if you will, beginning at verse, oh, let's start at verse number 25. Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse 25. And the scripture reads, and 
at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and the same praises unto God and all the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed the keeper of the prison awakening out of his sleep seeing the prison doors open he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled but Paul cried with a loud voice saying do thyself no harm for we are all here then he called for a light and he, he sprang in and he came trembling he fell down before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and he said sirs what must I do to be saved this is what the jailer said and they said believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house and they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house and he took them the same hour of the night. Somebody say the same hour. He washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced believing in God with all his house. Tonight I want to take my thought from verse 30 verse 30 where it says and brought them out and said sirs what must I do to be saved what must I do to be saved pastor you know what I believe I believe that's the number one question anyone could have when they walk into the house of the Lord. Hey, preacher, I don't want to be entertained. I'm not impressed with how many degrees you've got or how many big words you can say. I don't care how much time you spend on television or how many books you've written. I only want to know one thing. What must I do to be saved? That's my title tonight, and I pray that the answer will come to you and change your eternal destiny. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let revelation come. Let light and the wisdom of your word, God, seep into our hearing. God, I come against every false doctrine, every demon spirit, every assignment of the enemy. I break it in the name of Jesus. Let the light of your word penetrate every barrier. And Lord, don't let one person leave this place the same way they came in. But God, do a mighty work in our midst tonight, we pray. And everyone say, in Jesus' name. God bless you this evening and you may be seated. What must I do to be saved? Amen. Here in the book of Acts, the 16th chapter, we find here this particular episode 
in the life and ministry of the great apostle Paul. Paul was incredible. He was magnificent. He was completely sold out to God. Everywhere Paul went, he had one of two responses to his preaching. Either he caused a revival or he caused a riot. One way or the other, he was going to preach you in or he going to preach you out. Hallelujah. And I got the feeling that's the way this church is. You can't come to this church and be comfortable living in sin. Because the word of God is anointed. It is powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. It'll cut you going in. It'll cut you coming out. That word knows where you live. That word knows your address. And you can sit there and act like it ain't affecting you, but you ain't fooling me. Because I know that word is alive. And I know that word touches your heart. Glory to God. You can't come in here living in sin and being a hypocrite. Amen. And be comfortable. We're going to preach that word until it blesses or blisters. But one way or the other, that word is going to challenge you to change. That word is going to challenge you to turn your life around. That word is going to challenge you to be saved. And Paul and Silas, they preached the word without fear or favor. And this is the particular instance, they were put in jail just for preaching the word. And not just any jail. The historians tell us that this prison they put Paul and Silas in, it was known as the worst prison imaginable. And they didn't just take Paul and Silas and put them just in a cell. They put these two brothers in a dungeon. In the inner prison. Now, in that inner prison, they put the worst of all criminals. Men that was going to be facing execution. They were hard men. They were, they were cold men. And when you walk past that dungeon, there were sounds that was coming out of that dungeon. You heard cursing. You heard profanity. You heard anger. You heard hopelessness coming out of that hole in the ground. But when Paul and Silas was put in that dungeon, a whole different sound was coming up. As they began to walk by that dungeon, they heard the sounds of prayer. They heard the sounds of praise coming out of that hole. Glory to God. I love that, my brothers and sisters. There are going to be times we're going to find ourselves in a dark place. But don't that ever let that take your praise. Don't let you ever let that take your prayer. Hallelujah. You keep on worshiping. The Bible says Paul and Silas evidently prayed so loud. God likes loud worship. God likes loud praise. The Bible says all the prisoners heard them. Glory to God. And when they begin to sing, when they begin to worship, they got God's attention. And the scriptures describe that at midnight. Hallelujah. There came suddenly a great earthquake that shook the foundation of that prison. Oh, I wonder what would happen tonight. If suddenly, 
right in the middle of our praise right in the middle of our worship God will open the windows of heaven and sweep into this place like we've never seen his sweeping here before and shake every chair shake every attitude shake every vessel that's what I want to see I want to see an earth shaking revival I want to see a church changing revival glory to God when that earthquake came in, the Bible says the foundations were loosed and everyone's bands were loosed. And all it took was two people. That's all God needs. He don't need a whole church. God is saying, if I can just get two Holy Ghost filled saints that's not intimidated, that ain't worrying about what somebody going to say, Ain't worried about you looking at me. Hallelujah. Because I made my mind up a long time ago. When I praise God, I ain't putting on a show for y'all. Ain't no need y'all be looking at me dancing. Ain't no need for y'all to be looking at me shouting. You need to get your own dance. You need to get your own shout. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I'm not going to be intimidated by it. And I don't care what you say. Because I come to the conclusion, ain't nobody in this building shed their blood for me. Ain't one person in this building went to the cross for me. He is worthy of every hand clap. He's worthy of every shout. He's worthy of every exaltation. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. If you praise him or don't praise him, I'm still going to praise him. If you worship or don't worship, I'm still going to worship because he is worthy. Amen. Man, I'm reminded what David said in the Old Testament. David said, magnify the Lord. God is a big God, amen. He fills all space. There's no place where he does not exist. He's a mighty God. He's a big God. But yet David said, magnify. Make him bigger. <laughs> Make him bigger. He said, magnify the Lord. With me. Don't look at me. Join in with me. Let us exalt his name. Together. Every man. Every woman. Every young person. Hallelujah. Together. If we would lift him up. If we would dare to exalt him. I believe God is waiting for that moment. And then suddenly. Out of nowhere, it's going to be a shaking. There's going to be a quaking. And everybody will get loose. Woo, hallelujah. Man, there are going to be people shouting you ain't never seen shout. There are going to be folks over here dancing you never seen dancing. There are going to be people that come to church with their arms crossed and their legs crossed. And all of a sudden, someone will get a hold of them. And you're like, what in the world that happened to you? All it takes is two people to get it started. All it takes is two people. Somebody say, everybody. Everybody got loose. That's the kind of service I'm looking for. That's the kind of service I'm looking for. I'm coming to a service. I want to see a service where everybody get the Holy Ghost. Everybody get drunk in the spirit. <laughs> Amen. That jailer, he was sleeping. When the earthquake took place, he woke up. He probably leaned against the wall. What in the world has happened? 
All he could see was dust and debris. He was clearing his eyes when he noticed the doors were off the hinges. Oh, my, my. The prisoners, the prisoners have escaped. And he thought anybody in their right mind wouldn't stay in prison with the doors off the hinges. (laughs) And he was in charge of the prisoners at the cost of his own life. If those prisoners, if one prisoner escaped, he faced great persecution. And if all of them escaped, surely he was going to die. And he felt like this is it. I know what they're going to do to me. I know how they're going to punish me. And rather to give myself to them, I'll take my own life. And the Bible says he reached for his sword. And he said, it's all over. I've come to the end of my rope. There's no hope for me. And he lifted up his sword and determined to take his own life. When he heard a voice cry out across the dust. Hold it. Do thyself no harm. We are still here. Glory to God. I tell you what, we're living in an hour that in any any church size, I don't care if this size or smaller, there's bound to be people come in feeling they're at the end of the rope. You've been over here and you've been over there. And you've tried this and you've tried that. And still it doesn't seem like anything's working. And now you come to church and you say, God, if this don't happen for me tonight, it's all over. Well, I'm here to tell somebody, hold it. Do thyself no harm. The church is still here. The church is still strong. The church is still anointed. Don't quit. Don't give up. You're in the right place tonight. God knew you'd be here. God knew you'd be here tonight. He wants you to know, give us a chance. Open up your heart. Take an opportunity. Let God be God. Hallelujah. That jailer looked around. Y'all still here? Y'all didn't leave? No, we ain't going nowhere. That jailer said, okay. All right. He put his sword down. He called for a light. And the scripture says he sprang into the prison cell. I say he sprang into that prison cell. He looked at Paul, he looked at Silas, and he said, sirs. Notice he called them sirs. <laughs> An hour ago, they were nobodies. An hour ago, they were common criminals. They didn't mean nothing to him. He knew they were going to be persecuted. He didn't care about their feelings. He didn't care about their families. He didn't care about their predicament. They went, they meant nothing to him. But now, when God gets to moving, he changes the way you see things. The people that didn't mean nothing, all of a sudden they mean something. The things that didn't seem to have no attraction, all of a sudden they got an attraction. His eyes opened up. He looked at them as more than just prisoners. He looked at them as sirs. Sirs, what must I do? 
You know why? Because I see something. I see something I didn't see before. I, ex- I ex- just experienced something I wasn't expecting to experience. You got something everybody else don't have. You're responding to something everybody else don't respond to. I know there's something different about this church. I know there's something different about these people. Oh my goodness. Tell me, how can I get what you got? And saints of God, we are the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. This world is in darkness. People are hungry. People are thirsty. Even people that go to church. They go in church dry. They come out dry. They go to church empty. They come out empty. And they are tired of regular church. They're looking for something real. They're looking for something life-changing. They are tired of churchianity. They're looking for Christianity. And I want the world to know, don't look no further. It's here. It's here. It's here. You come to the right place. It's here. We got it. We got it. How many believe we got it? They want what we got. They've been looking for what we've got. What must I do? Tell me what I need to do to be saved. When I looked at that question, and this is an amazing thing about the word of God. See, the Bible, the Bible is not like a regular book. You you can't find another book like the Bible. People have tried to discourage it. People have tried to to prove that it's not worth anything. They come against the Bible. They try to discredit it and they try to do all kinds of things to the Bible. Great minds try to understand it and they still can't get it. Because there's no book like the Bible. It's God's book. It's God's book. Heaven and earth will pass away. But that word of God will never pass away. Every word, every word is pure. That Bible will change your life. It'll change your destiny. It'll make something new out of you. Hallelujah. Because it's a living word. It's a living word. It's a living word. You got to get that word in you. Hallelujah. And that word comes alive. And I was reading that particular verse with that question. I've seen it many times, but this particular night, sirs, what must I do to be saved? When I read that, it's amazing sometimes. It looked like the words were coming off off the pages. I couldn't get away from it. I kept looking at it, kept looking at it. And there's something here. There's something here. And then I discovered for myself there were certain things implied in that question. Let me tell you something. That's a loaded question. <clears throat> what must I do to be saved? As I began to meditate on the question, several implications came out. And I'm going to deal with just a few of them. The first implication, that question from that jailer implied, number one, this man knew he was lost. He knew he was lost. Otherwise, why ask the question? Something inside of him realized, I'm not where I need to be. 
something is missing in my life. Whatever you guys got that can make you sing in a dungeon, whatever you got that can cause prayer to come down and shake the foundation, I want some of that. I don't have that anointing. I don't have that experience. I'm not where I need to be. Number one, it implied he knew. Somebody say he knew. See, that's the challenge we have, especially in times. People need to know that they're not saved. People need to know. And folks, all of, I'm talking about people, so-called Christians, filling up all kinds of churches, believing they're saved, and they're not saved. Amen. Folks don't want the truth. They want to be made to feel good. They want to come to church and say, preacher, make me feel good. I had a rough time this week. Make me feel good. I'm living at the bottom. Pat me on the head and tell me it's going to be all right. Those kind of churches are filled up. Amen. And preachers are dime a dozen. That's all they preach. Blessing, 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 blessing. And people say, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. I am so sick of it. I am so tired of it. These false teachers, false prophets filling up pulpits and hungry souls are at their disposal and they just lying to them. Tickling their ears, making them feel good. Uh, you about to come into a blessing. God got a blessing and got your name on it. Folks be like, oh, that's what I need. That ain't what you need. You need to be saved. You need your name in the Lamb's book of life. You need to make sure you're on your way to heaven. But all people talk about, I I need, I want, I have to have. It's all about you. And preachers are preaching all these messages about you. They're not talking about him. They're talking about you. Everybody saved. Everybody saved. That's, that's, That's the word going out. Nobody goes to hell. Nobody. I don't care how much of a sinner you are. You ain't going to hell. God knows your heart. That itself ought to scare you. Nobody goes to hell, pastor. Preachers don't even preach about it no more. When was the last time you've been to a funeral of somebody you knew was a sinner? And it ain't hard to tell. Oh, you can't judge. Yes, I can. Jesus said you can tell by the fruit on the tree. This soul laying in that casket and the preacher just lying. Oh, he's in a better place now. Liar! Because folks, that's what they want to hear. They want to hear that. We try to smooth it over. People that try to smooth it over. Oh, no, no, uh-uh, no crying, no crying. Uh-uh, this is a celebration. Celebrating what? I know where this dude going. It ain't nothing to celebrate. So you know what they do? They don't call it funerals no more. They're home-going celebrations. That makes it easier to take. Graveyards. Graveyard! Oh, 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 no, no, no. They don't call it graveyards anymore. 
Memorial Gardens. That sounds so much better. He died. No, 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 don't say died. He transitioned. And everybody's doing everything they can to put sugar on it. Coat that poison with chocolate. Make it taste good. Make it feel good. But you don't want the truth. You want to be lied to. You want to be rubbed on the head and say, you okay, baby. You all right. God is on your side. No, you're not. You're on your way to hell. There's no in between. There's no almost going to make it. Listen, you're either in the church or you're out the church. You're either saved or you're not saved. You either believe or you don't believe. You don't get to choose what part you like. My God, I've got to make it. I've got to be. Somebody got to tell me the truth. Somebody got to tell me. What must I do? He knew he won't save. And we got people come to church service after service and they believe they okay. Some of them don't even bring their Bibles to church. Lord, have mercy. Let me stop. I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is going on? Even in our churches, we're coming to the end. Jesus is coming. We're living in the end times. This is not a time to leave your Bible at home, saint of God. What kind of soldier going to battle and leave his machine gun behind? You better take your sword to church with you. I remember a day folks never came to church without a Bible. They had Bibles in the, in the living room, Bibles in the kitchen, Bibles in the bathroom, Bibles on the, on the, on, in the car. <clears throat> Everywhere they went, they had a Bible with them. And now here in the last days, you see folks walking in, no Bibles, unarmed. Oh, the scripture's going to be on the screen. Don't let technology get you separated from the word of God. That book is powerful. That book is a hidden treasure. That book is your only hope. Read it. Embrace it. Love it. We need to be more in the word now than ever. And not be ruled by our emotions. We're so spoiled. Come to church and uh, let's see what the preacher going to do. Forget what the preacher going to do. You better be seeing what God's going to do. We want a show. We want entertainment. And if he don't do so good, we're going to sit on him. What's wrong with you? Padded chairs. Carpeted floors. Heat in the winter. Air conditioning in the summer. Spoil. And you come in here and can't hardly clap your hands. God have mercy on us. We are the most blessed people. We are the most blessed. We got the name. We got the doctrine. We got the spirit. My God, we ought to be jumping and shouting in every service. Glory to God. You need to know what you got. You need to know whether you're saved or not based on what is written. Hallelujah. This man knew. He knew he wasn't saved. Sirs. What must I do to be saved? The second implication was he knew it was possible for him to be saved. This man was wicked. He was a jailer. He was known to have no feelings. He was known to not care. He led people to their execution and it didn't bother him. 
blood stains all over his clothes and all over his hands. He was a wicked man. But even the degree of sinner he was, he knew somewhere in his heart is possible even for me for somebody as wretched as I am even for me God can save me and that devil I'm telling you he work on saints as well as sinners you ain't good enough you're never going to be good enough you too bad of a person you got too many problems let me tell you something the devil is a liar <clears throat> you can't sin so bad that the blood of Jesus can't cleanse you. You can't be so wicked that the power of God can't reach in and pull you out of that miry clay. I'm telling you, it's possible. You can be on the top and not the bottom. You can be victorious. You can be an overcomer. It is possible. Well, Brother Easter, you don't know my condition. I don't need to know your condition. All I need to know is God and he is well able to do exceeding abundantly above what you can ask or think you come too late to tell me it can't work for you you come too late to tell me because you're looking at a walking miracle you're looking at a walking miracle I can testify I used to be out there I used to be running the clubs. I used to be drinking the wine. I used to be chasing the skirts. I know what it's like out there. Yes, I had an addiction. And I thought it never, it would never happen to me. But the devil tricked me. He got me caught up in the drug culture. And when I, when I got to myself and I said, you know what? I'm going to get myself together. I'm going to stop all this foolishness. And that's when I found out I had a problem. Because I thought I could quit till I tried. And when I tried, I was like, uh-oh, not me. This can't happen to me. No, no, this ain't happening to me. This happens to other people. I had a particular issue with marijuana. <clears throat> I was high all the time, all the time. All the time. Buzzing, eyes, bloodshot red. My friends told me years ago, my friends said, man, back in those days, we were worried about you. I said, why didn't somebody tell me? <laughs> I was in that stuff, and I couldn't break it. I tried. I couldn't get loose. That's why I'm empathetic toward addicts today. Because people say, listen, all you got to do is stop. I wish it was that easy. It's not. They don't want to be that way. They don't want to be in the trap they're in. They are slaves of that addiction. They can't free themselves. They can't stop. They want to, but they can't. And I couldn't. And I said, Lord, Lord, I, I got to get myself together. God, help me to understand you can't get yourself together. If you could get yourself together, you would need God. But that's who you need to get yourself together. He said, I want you to come just like you are. Bring your addictions with you. Bring your baggage with you. Bring your issues with you. Come on, come on. I come looking for you. You're the very reason I went to the cross. Glory to God. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to set you free. <clears throat> Glory. 
glory to God. I said, Lord, okay, here I come. Here I come, Lord. Here I come. And I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do. He said, repent of your sins. I repented of my sins. I said, God, I'm not going back to that lifestyle. I'm leaving that stuff alone. I'm coming to you. God, but I got to confess to you. I got a problem. God said, don't worry about the problem. You be obedient to me. I'll take care of the problem. I said, Lord, what else you want me to do? He said, I want you to be baptized. I said, okay, Lord. I got down in that water. And when I went down in that water, that preacher said, for the remission of all your sins. He said, all your past, all that mess, all that garbage is going to be erased off your record. I said, Lord, have mercy. I've been to this church. I've been to that church. I've been over here. And nobody ever told me. But I'm so glad I came to this church. I got baptized November 3rd, 1981 in a cold baptistry, freezing cold. They put me down in that water. I came up out that water. Woo! Excuse me. No, never mind. I ain't no, no excuse. I ain't apologizing for it. Lord, have mercy. My sins were washed away. Something happened inside of me. I was so happy. I was so excited. I did it. I did it. And then he said, and now you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I didn't know what the Holy Ghost was. I didn't know nothing about that stuff. But if the Bible says I can have it, I'm going to get it. (laughs) I'm not going to stop until I'm talking with tongues like the Bible says. I was so excited. I was so elated. I was telling all my friends. They all kind of laughed and snickered. That's good, man. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. They didn't understand. I got a whole something that was real. Life-changing. They didn't understand. They thought I went to an average church. This ain't no average church. Six weeks later, I'm in my bedroom, sitting on the edge of the bed, I don't know what I was doing, but the thought hit me. I ain't smoked no weed. (laughs) I hadn't even thought about it. I don't have no cravings. God did it. He broke the bondage. He said, woo! He delivered me. He delivered me. He delivered me. God did it. I say God did it. It is possible. (laughs) It is possible. This man knew it's possible. I can be saved. I can live this life. That old devil come around and some of you right now, he's messing with you right now. Yeah, yeah, that preacher, he's telling the truth, but you're not ready yet. It's going to cost too much. You're not ready yet. You know, you still got some things to do. You still got some situations. He don't understand where you, where you live. You're not ready yet. And you sit there and think about it and say, you know what, devil, you're right. Keep on listening to that liar. The Bible says today is the day. Now is your time. You think you're in church by accident? You think you're here because somebody invited you? You are so wrong. God set you up. God set you up. He put you here. He drew you here. He got you here. God arranged it so you can hear the word and be changed. It's a setup. It's a setup. 
<laughs> that man, he knew it's possible. I can be saved. Sir, what must I do? As I began to look further at that question, each word seemed to drop out at me. What must I do? Do. Do. You know what it is? God is requiring you do something. You're going to have to do something. Oh, but I don't, I don't want to go up front. You're going to have to do something. Ah. Uh, I just stay back here. Oh, no, no, no. You got to do. If it's God's will, it is God's will. (laughs) But he's requiring you to do something. That's the way he always operates. He said, listen, I want you involved in this. People waiting on God. God, do this, Lord. God, take away this, Lord. God, I need you to do this, Lord. God said, okay, do something. I'm going to give you something to do. That woman was in church. Bowed over, back all bent out of shape, uncomfortable for her to move. Jesus saw her in the church. He stopped in the middle of his Bible study and looked in the back of the church and said, ma'am, come here. But Lord, it's hard for her to walk. Ma'am, do something. Yes, I can just heal you right there. I can just speak the word right there. But I want you to get involved. I want you to do something. Sir, you with the withered hand. Stretch forth thy hand. But my hand is withered up. I have no feeling. My hand is paralyzed. Do something. Make an effort. Just give it a try. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's not enough to come to church and sit in a chair and wait on God. God is saying, I want you to believe. I want you to do something with your faith. I want you to let your faith work. Get involved. What must I do? You got to do something, brother. You can't just sit there and look at the preacher like you used to do. Them days over. And that's the difference between being religious and being saved. Religious folks, they're content with just going to church and sitting there and smiling and waiting on a feeling. They don't do nothing. Come to church, be in the club on Saturdays. Saturday night, just boogieing. Singing in the choir Sunday morning. Nothing changed. Don't want to do nothing. They look for churches that don't require nothing of you. Oh, you don't have to live holy. That's too strict. That's for the old timers. No, it ain't. Without holiness, no man going to see the Lord. Don't matter what they say down at that church. Don't matter what they say down at that church. What does the Bible say? You got to do something. Glory to God. What must I do? And then again, I begin to look at the words again. What must, must, there's no other option. It's a must. It has nothing to do with how your day went today. (laughs) It's a must. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, ye must be born again. 
you're not going to be good enough to get into the kingdom. You can't pay enough money to get into the kingdom. It's not about how bad she is and how not so bad you are. Ye must. Anybody try to come in another way the same as a thief and a liar? You must. Look at somebody say, you must. If you want to go to heaven, you must. And you know the interesting thing about going to heaven? Everybody wants to go, but nobody wants to die. One time I was at church service and I took a survey. Hands raised. I ain't going to do it tonight. I'm not going to do it tonight. I took a survey. Showing of hands. How many want to go to heaven? 99% of the church went up. 99%. Because every church service is always a knucklehead. Always somebody ain't going to do nothing. 99% hands went up. I want to go to heaven. But the problem was they wanted to go to heaven on their terms. I want to be saved, but I don't think it take all that. And I don't think I have to do this. And, and I can do this and get by. God knows my heart. I'm so sick of that. People trying to conform God to their image. Changing the truth into a lie. And fooling themselves, thinking they okay just because the preacher on the TV says so. And don't get me on them. Man, I'm, I'm feeling it right now, bro. I'm feeling it. Hallelujah. You got to have the must. You must. If you're going to go to heaven, this is the only way. There's only one Lord. There's only one faith. There's only one baptism. There's only one church. There's only one God. There's only one gospel. There's only one door. Hallelujah. And ye must enter in. What must? Watch this. What must I? He didn't say, what must we do? <laughs> Amen? What must I do? It's an individual thing. You ain't going to heaven in groups. <laughs> uh-uh. You ain't going to walk in with your homies. It's going to be your decision. Folks come to church, sit down next to somebody, and they sitting there going, man, I feel something. That preacher getting to me, man, I need to do something. I know he's telling the truth. And y'all know I'm telling the truth. I know he's telling the truth. I don't want to go to hell. I want to be saved. I'm going to go up. I'm going to go up. You going up? I don't know if I'm going up. You're not going up? No, man, I ain't ready yet. Okay, then I'll just I'll hang out here. Don't you do that. Don't you do that. If your wife don't want God, you better come on. If your husband don't want to be saved, you better come on. If your friend don't respond, you better jump up and say, I'll see you later. Ain't nobody worth going to hell over. Ain't nobody worth going to hell over. Save yourself. Save yourself. Well, you don't know the way my daddy treated me. Forget how your daddy treated you. Man, we linger and we hold on to these things of our past and hold them down and make them excuses for why we act the way we do. Come on. 
if you want to go to heaven all those things behind you are gone everything else is new you need a new life you need new direction you need new hope come up out of the mully grubs and quit laying down in the alley of despair square your shoulders and plant your feet and said if nobody else in the church go forth I'm going if nobody in this church go to heaven I'm going tell me what must I do Glory to God, because you got to do something. <clears throat> Girlfriend, you going with me? I don't know. Well, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. What must I do? That, my brothers, sisters, friends, neighbors, let me tell you something. That's the most important question. The most important question. What must I do to be saved? Everybody wants to know the mysteries of the book of Revelation. Brother Easter. Is the Antichrist alive today? What if he is? I mean, if you're going to hell, what difference does it make? Pastor, how do I deal with depression? First of all, are you saved? People want to skip salvation and go straight to all the promises of God that's given to the saved. Everybody want the promises. Everybody want the blessings. But nobody want to be saved. Get saved first. Well, I want to understand something. He didn't say he that understandeth and be baptized. He said he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. People trying to under, get the Greek and getting the Latin and getting the Hebrew and write, read, looking at all these TV preachers and getting their little notes and writing stuff for what? I tell you what, I may be wrong, but from my own experience, I haven't heard one television evangelist answer that question. What must I do to be saved? George Myers just tell you, have a proper attitude. Joel Osteen to tell you, well, you know, just love the Lord. TDs to tell you, get ready, 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 get ready for what? Just get ready, just go keep on getting ready. And folks go crazy. What? I'm going to that conference. And nobody's saved. They won't answer that question. But you know what? It's in the Bible. And I may not understand Greek and Latin, and I may not understand all the scriptures, but I understand good sense. And when I see that question in the Bible, and it is a Bible question, I believe every Bible question deserves a Bible answer. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul said, believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what? Not only will you be saved, but your household shall be saved. See, the decision you make is not going to only affect you. It's going to affect everybody around you. 
I want my mama saved. I want my daddy saved. I want my nieces and nephews. I want my whole family. And you know what? It depends on what you do. It may depend on what you do, what action you take. Hallelujah. Stop being so selfish. Think about other people around you. Their eternity could be based on yours. If you can believe, not just you, but your household shall be saved. My goodness, I believe, I believe. Jesus said, he that believe and is baptized shall be saved. Well, I need to be baptized. Then come on then. Come on. One more place, and I'm finished right here. They asked the question in another chapter, chapter 2. If you could put that on the screen for me. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. <clears throat> and we are done. How you doing? Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. Now, when they heard this. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Everything written in the Bible is written for our example. For us to follow. When they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. Lord have mercy. That's good church right there. That's good church. I don't ever want to go to church where I don't feel nothing. If you can sit in the service and the preacher preaching, the Holy Ghost is moving and you don't feel nothing, you better check yourself. You are dead. <laughs> Hallelujah. They were pricked. <sighs> Something happened on the inside. Oh, my goodness. I, I need to do something. I need to do something. They were pricked in their hearts, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, listen, men and brethren, here comes that question. Here comes the question. What shall we do? What shall we do? I tell folks, I say, listen, this is a Bible question. Ask your pastor that question. Ask your pastor. If, you, if this is not your church, go home, call your pastor up and ask him, Pastor, what shall I do? He's going to ask you, girl, where you been? Boy, what church you went to tonight? <laughs> They're not used to people asking them that question. What shall we do? Now, I'm going to tell you something. Here comes the answer. It's a Bible answer. It's not a Baptist answer. It's not a Pentecostal answer. It's not a Catholic answer. It has nothing to do with denominations. It's a Bible answer. And my goodness, I want to stand on the word of God. I'm a follow. Hallelujah. I don't care who the preacher is, what group you're with. It needs to be the same answer. Now, now we're going to go to the answer. Wait a minute. Hold it. Before we go to the next verse. And some of y'all already cheated. <laughs> but before we go to the next verse, I got, a, I got, some, I got an issue. I got an issue. You need, you need to deal with this. Because this is serious. The apostle said, it's better for you not to know this than to know it and turn away. Because if you know this and it's revealed to you and you walk away from it, it's greater condemnation. I'm talking Bible. Not what the pastor say, not what I say, what the word of God says. What shall we do? Are y'all ready for the answer? You don't act like it. Look at you scared. Look at you. you ready for the answers? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. My Lord. Are y'all ready for the answer? Are you ready for the answer? Are you ready for the answer? 
Will you obey the answer? Now, that's the question. Here's the answer. Verse number 38. Here we go. What shall we do? What must I do to be saved? Then Peter said unto them, repent. Step number one. Some of you already repented. That means you turned your life. You turned your direction. Worldliness and all the things of the world, you put behind you. Now you're walking toward the kingdom. You're walking toward righteousness. You have repented of your sins. You don't want to live that way no more. Now you change direction. That's the first step. Second step, and be baptized. Who? Who? Every one of you. I don't go to this church. Who? But I'm a Catholic. I'm a Muslim. I'm a Jehovah Witness. I'm black. I'm white. Every one of you. (laughs) And you don't have to go to Bible college to understand that. This is for every one of you. How is it to be done? In the name of Jesus Christ. Who's that for? Every one of you. Brother Easter, I took care of that years ago. I've already been baptized. How was it done? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You need to get baptized again. But wait a minute. That's what Jesus said. He sure did. And he said it was for all nations. You know who all nations is? Every one of you. And Jesus said all nations, every one of you, baptized in the name, 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 in the name of the Father. Hold it. What's the Father's name? How do you know? Because the Bible says so. John 5, 43, look it up. Jesus said, I come to you in my Father's name. For he hath inherited a name that is high above every name. That is the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess to the glory of the Father. Jesus said, baptize in the name of the Father. Who? Every one of you. And in the name of the Son. What's the Son's name? How do you know? Because it's in the Bible. Matthew 121, an angel appeared to Mary and said, that thing in you is holy and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And in the name of the Holy Ghost. What's the name of the Holy Ghost? How do you know? It's in the Bible. You better read your Bible. Jesus promised the disciples. He said, yeah. He said, I pray the Father to send you another comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. And when he comes, he's coming in my name. There's only one name under heaven given among men, whereby we must, there's that word, we must be saved. Jesus Christ. Oh, does it really matter? Look at the scripture. You're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for a reason. For what? For the remission of sins. That's the washing away every sin. Every sin you ever did in your life. Thoughts, words, actions. From the time you were old enough to know right from wrong. All those sins have been recorded. And waiting on you in judgment. And all it takes is one. For you to be cast in the lake of fire. And some of y'all got so much sin on your life, it's a shame. When you're baptized in the name of Jesus, 
all those sins are remitted. They are washed away. That's what the Bible means by being born again. You go down in that water filthy, dirty, but you come out brand new. Amen. A new creature in Christ Jesus. This is what God wants you to know. And if you do those two things, if you repent and if you obey God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, what's going to happen? You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, water and spirit. Wow. What must I do? Do what they did. Next verse. For this promise, there it goes, to you, to your children. Wow. All that are far off. Look how many people's lives you're going to affect. As many as the Lord our God shall call. One more verse and we're done. Verse number 41. This is my favorite one. Verse 41. Hallelujah. Many other words. Oh, watch this. Verse 41. <laughs> then, after all that preaching and all that sweating and all that spitting on the microphone, then they that gladly receive the word. Your attitude is important. The look on some of y'all faces, Lord have mercy, y'all could kill me. I'm telling you what, this is the best news you've ever heard in your lifetime. <laughs> Glory to God, you're not going to hear this at the church down the block. Some of these preachers are, are told not to preach this. They wouldn't let me come to their church and preach it. Amen. But they that glad. Man, I'm so glad I came to church tonight. Oh, my goodness. I, woo, my Lord, I needed to hear this. Not only were they glad, they received it. I, I, I received that. I'll take that. Amen. I'm going to do that. They received it. So religion, you just listen. You just go to church and hear. Oh, that was a good sermon. Bye. Good sermon. Hey, pastor, that was a good sermon. Bye. Uh-uh. The Bible says, don't be just hearers. Be doers. God wants you to do something. Watch this. They that gladly received his word, watch this. They were baptized. Glory to God. They did something. They obeyed the word. And then... And the same day, I love that. Other scriptures say in the same hour. In the same day. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Don't go home and think about it. Don't sit down and procrastinate. I got to Google this. I got to Google this. The same hour. The same day. The same service. They were added unto them. About 3,000 souls. Wow. What a crowd. Folks are like, that's enough, preacher. Count me in. If this is what it takes, and it's not hard to do. <laughs> it's not hard to do. Some people say, man, that's too easy. If you ask me to leave my family and go across the country and ride a bicycle, I'll do that. And people do that. Or if you tell me I got to shave all my hair off except one little strand and put on a gown with anchor bracelets and a tambourine and go, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. 
I'll do that. Stupid. People will do some of the dumbest stuff. But the easiest thing, they don't want to do it. Tonight. What must I do? Let's all stand together. Tonight. I want to be saved. I want to be saved more than I want to be popular. I want to be saved more than I want good health. Because you can go to heaven sick. I want to be saved more than I want a perfect life. Because in this world, you're going to have tribulation. I want to be saved according to scripture. Not according to what they say and this one said and that one said. But I want what's written in the book. And tonight, you got the answer. Now, if you're going to just say, okay, that was a good sermon. I go home and think about it. You're doing something they didn't do. And that's not the will of God. God knew you'd be here. 2,000 years ago, he knew you'd be here. He was hanging on that cross, bleeding, blood flowing out his body, people standing at the cross. If you're really the son of God, come on down. You saved others, save yourself. He could have called legions of angels. But it wasn't the nails that kept him on that cross. Because he looked down through time and he saw you. And he saw you. And he said, if they would just hear the word and receive it and obey it, this will make it worth it all. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are gathered in your presence tonight. Lord, we know it is by your choosing the foolishness of preaching to reach out and save those that would believe. I pray, God, for hearts not to be hardened, for people not to be resistant. It is too close. We're too close to the end of all things. The window of opportunity are shrinking and time is running out. And today, Lord, there are people we recognize that did not wake up this morning and they went into eternity unprepared and there's no way back for them. But God, for those that are here tonight, it is by your will they are here and it's your will that they respond. Lord Jesus, draw them unto you. Help that lady to recognize she's got to obey your word today. Help that young man to recognize that his eternity is hanging in the balance today. Help us to respond to you quickly, obediently, passionately, that we might be saved today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now perhaps there's somebody here tonight, right now, and I know there are, know there are more than one or two there are people here tonight right now you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ you need to make a decision to stop playing around with your soul you need to make a decision you are old enough to choose you know what's right and you know what's wrong and God has called
calling you to make a stand. He's saying, come. Come unto me. If you're standing here among us right now, and you're going you're gonna to make a decision. And you're sitting there thinking, uh, 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 I'm not going to make a decision tonight. Yes, you are. You're going to make a decision. You're going to say yes, or you're going to say no. Because that's the only choices you got. I'm going to wait till tomorrow. That's no. I'm going to go and ask somebody. That's a no. Yes or no. For the next few moments, and all we got is a few moments, we're going to open this area here for those that are bold enough to say, I see it. I want it. I believe it. I'm going to obey it. I want you to step out from where you are and come right here now. Don't listen to your flesh. Don't listen to that devil. You come on, come on, come on. Come on! Salvation is waiting. Come come quickly. Don't put it off another second. You need to be baptized tonight. You need this truth. Eternity. Eternity. God is calling you to do something. We want you to step up here right now. Don't wait. Don't hinder. Don't linger. Come. Come and stand. Stand with us right here. Church, I need y'all to be praying. There are people now, the devil is trying to hold him back. Tradition is trying to hold him back. But the devil is a liar. Would you come? Don't wait. Don't wait. Come on. I want to be saved. Not only you, but your family. Your loved ones, their lives are going to be changed because of what you do. When you come, don't be afraid. God loves you. Don't be afraid. God loves you. It's possible. I say it's possible. He can change what you can't change. He can fix what you can't fix. Hallelujah. He'll make the crooked places straight. He will change your destiny. He'll give you wisdom and understanding. If you just believe what you come, we're still waiting. Come. Jesus said, come unto me. If you're tired of the devil beating you up, if you're tired of the struggle, come. Whosoever will, let them come. Today is the day. Tomorrow is not promised. Jesus is here. We're going to wait a few more moments. We want y'all to sing a song as others are coming. Church, I want you to pray.